0: Alright, so, uh, the stereo microphones are off, um, and, and, and they are off by default anyway, um, so, that works, but I love the episode, actually, a couple things I'll go into and, and share, um, either within this, uh, response or outside of this response, because I think it's something important, um, that we don't really think about, which, um, about hip-hop, which actually, in some ways, it's actually gotten agreeably worse. Um, not, not the hip-hop that we listen to, not Tech 9 not Tom McDonald, not um, any of these others, you know, not Chris Calico, not Zeus, uh, etc. Um, but there's, a different hip-hop that has ...gotten to where they're really promoting even harder than it used to be. Um... And actually, maybe getting into that first is, uh... works but... ...what it was, was an o- overly expressive, um... ...in emotion and expressive in environment... ...as to what was going on during this time of, like, Tupac... ...and... Dr. Dre and, to, and NWA, EZE, to a dog, etc. You get the point. Um, but it's also like you say, um, that there has to be, they're expressing these problems, and you're right, maybe they didn't have solutions, you know, maybe some of them got out of jail and would start a, a record or whatever. Um, and they're, you know, so they're expressing these problems, um, and to some people who do live in bad neighborhoods, and this could be black or white that live in bad neighborhoods or even just different environments and stuff, would take these and would relate or put some of these into motivation or whatever it is, but then, you know, arguably, I guess you could say, and I didn't really ever think about this, there are people that, you know, impressionable children that live in suburban areas that are living in actually nice areas that might take these as bad influence, I guess. I mean, if that's the, going really structural in the argument, maybe, maybe I can understand that, actually. Um, and the non-profit thing, um, there's been a lot of talk about that, too, and I'll share some of that outside here because, um, what you said about it makes a lot of sense, actually, that the, um, the nonprofit is also out for money, too, um, and some of it could be going to their cause, but they almost want to get communities together and make money for their efforts and then make other people come in and, like, do the work to look good or whatever, but yeah, I mean, really... If that's their purpose in life. It's probably a very selfish thing. Um. In this way. It probably turns very selfish. They probably didn't start out very selfish. But it probably turns very selfish. In this way. Um. Because of. Where would the jobs go? Where would the purpose go? Oh my god. Like people would be so, they would they would be so emotionally attached to their purpose even, especially if they're really, um, their self agenda is to feel good about what they're doing or whatever. That's an attachment in and of itself. But, um, I, I actually think that, you know, there are some, it's getting to be a, a class system thing where, there are some black people that don't speak any bonics at all. You you either wouldn't know they were black, or you could hear a little bit of, like, the tone, a little bit of an either an accent, or you can kind of very subtly tell, but they're not using a bonics to display that. And then, but see, you also have, like you said, and I'm glad you at least, you know, you pointed this out, because a lot of people wouldn't. The redneck culture, we have, um... You wouldn't call it abonics because that's an African word, I think. But we have slang, too. And so, like, we do have those subcultures. Um, But if you think about it, and Bobby was actually talking about this in school, the subcultures of white people having slang and being kind of in their own way almost like a culture within the, like a very close knit tribal culture like black people that stuff is not promoted and when he said he would try to speak in his own way like the the blind school the teachers and stuff would actually give him shit for it and make him take a speech class which in my opinion um really how the structure that I see this is, you're taking away the focus from the person's education. They should be able to speak however the fuck they want to, black or white, and focus on their education. And you should be able to, as a teacher, your job should be, a- be able to break that down on their language. And maybe you thought I was going to say level because um, some people might say that, but it's not so much that they have a lower level. It's that they have a certain language or a certain dialect or culture language, even. um, Meta language kind of thing where you speak their language around them so that you can teach them and connect with them on that level. But like most people don't want to do that. It takes too much understanding, too much work. You'd have to either Google Slangs or just be around them even and, and, and... and listen to them a little better or talk to them a little bit more and get their take on things within their own language and people even without the word searching and all that but people are not comfortable doing that and so you have these education systems where speaking should be in a certain way you'd even have like black professors or white professors that have to speak a certain like with a certain demeanor like a um academic demeanor with, uh, you know, big words all the time, and it's like, it doesn't, it's like you were saying before, and it goes into the intelligence and smart thing, uh, people overvalue the way that we speak, I think, um, to where it almost becomes shallow, um, like a shallow, stupid thing, um, like how somebody dresses or whatever, it becomes really but because we use we overuse our brain and we have these things of intelligence levels, we think we're being smart by doing that and um, and we definitely have subcultures within cultures but one thing I miss about California even in my little part um, is that we did have interracial pleasure we did have interracial um, Culture. And I really actually missed that. Because it was, like, it wasn't so much multicultural. Like, Bobby says he kind of had multicultural surroundings here. Um, and at the school and everything. It wasn't so much multicultural. Like, we had tribalism and stuff. But it was at least um, interracial. Like, you would have more interracial families. You would have, um, like, it was more normalized and stuff. And you would have, it was a lot of white and Mexican um, and, and some black. Um, and then also when I worked at FAST in 2018. Uh, sorry, 2017. Yeah. Um, or was I reading the other day somewhere that I was going through things and I found. I wasn't looking, but I found something that said 2018. But anyway, when I was working there, when I talked about how they were really cool about, like, including me in their culture. What it was, and when I say outside the office, is I was working with two black guys who had the office, and they were very trusting. And they... But the thing is that I didn't understand is the black college that... They, they did actually let me go. Like, they weren't going to let me go at first um, to watch because he was the... Um, founder of the company and he wasn't gonna let me go originally because I think he was a little embarrassed that it was segregated I'm not really sure or that just the fact that like I was new and he's like should she just stay in the office so we went um and he was speaking and everything and um he was educating people about making technology more affordable and all this stuff um and it was really cool um and, and he was pretty nice. There was another lady that was real sweet. But most of them did kind of keep to themselves. Um, and I just had this feeling of, like, why? Why is... I mean, I didn't realize that there was still segregation. Now I understand it because of the lack of trust and tribalism and, you know, some stage purple. We all have this. And I think we do this to an extent. Um to a degree, but it's more of a natural thing now, and it's um, what I notice is people want to talk about this thing called race Um, people want to talk about race and everything but they never talk about segregation, like that's still a very taboo topic, and they don't talk about sitting together at the table, things that Martin Luther King did talk about um so but hip hop like I said in some forms there's cultures of hip hop that aren't very good. Like I think it has gotten actually more conscious and better over the last couple decades, but um there's subcultures of it that still promote like pills and stuff like that. Um that a lot of the kids could be listening to. So um you're not totally wrong on that at all and I do I do kind of agree except to say that I think they're just... They're expressing their own environments. So, actually, I do agree because... In one way. But the other way... You know, because they are expressing their own environments. But you could say... I guess the other nuance is that... It's not everybody's environment. Maybe that's what you were saying with the hip-hop thing. I also like what you said about... The metaphor that... If you grow big... You're still going to have to become little... Um for others which kind of means that you're not completely we're not completely individual in these things and where would all the jobs go um so yeah i do kind of i really actually um this episode kind of sparked a lot of thought um so yeah
1: welcome to a deeper perspective this episode I'm going to respond to the voice message that you just heard. And... I'm going to be making some of the points because there was some good points made in this this, this voice message that was um, sent to me by... Um, you know, somebody that I've talked about on this podcast. Life is art. and Life is art reality, sorry. And... Um, going into some more nuances of this subject. Because... There are some. There are some very strong nuances with this one because <clears throat> some of the things I neglected to mention, some of the things I forgot about, some of the things I actually was, uh, you know, reminded about, or slash and slash or uh, told about because of this voice message. So I wanted to respond in kind. So start off. I want to make an episode about this in the, in the future, maybe the next episode, maybe even the next episode that I'll do today. But what I want to do is make an episode about otherizing, or something along these terms that I, I will use, and uh, how that works and why that's a problem. And stu- stuff like this. But today in this episode, what I'm going to be talking about is basically, going over some of the things that I talked about in the last episode, um, which was are white people, are all white people inherently racist, or something along those lines. There were some good points made in this voice message that I'm going to respond to. Um, So, you already heard the voice message. Because I already put it at the beginning of the episode. And so, to respond, I actually agree that the the uh, expression of rap is a response to their environment. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have any problems with that necessarily. But the problem I have with that is the glorification of these things. You know, being a gangster, being being whatever it is. Although, as far as rap goes, it's actually really interesting. Um, because it, it started in the 90s. It started, I mean, it started in the 80s, but you know what I mean, like, in the 80s it was different, it wasn't, it wasn't like, like it was in the 90s, but anyways, it started in the 90s, very kind of, almost more stage red, and, uh, and, and stage orange, but mostly like stage red, you know, like, killing people and being a gangster and stuff like this, in the 90s, and then 2000s, it was a little bit less red, and a little bit more orange, which, you know, more orange, like, more materialism, it's about, about having sex, and money, and drugs, and Stuff like this. Uh, and so it, it it became more and more and more orange as the the years kind of came by, went by. And now it's extremely orange. And there's some red as well. And so, I agree, actually. And I'm, I'm you know, not saying that you shouldn't make songs about your environment. The problem that I have is, isn't is that they do that, it's, it's that they're understandings are unrealistic and their their rap is unrealistic half the time. You know there is very few exceptions to where and that's it's it's not as true it isn't anymore because rap has become a lot more conscious lately and within the past 20 years versus what it was in the beginning of you know the 90s and it became more conscious, became more aware of itself. Um and so there's not as much of this um, happening, in, in which is which is very good. But at the same time, there's still very much this glorification of certain things that if you were being realistic about, you wouldn't glorify them or you would realize what's happening. Um, and that's the problem that I've faced is that most of the rap that I've that, that seen, most of the popular rap, not the rap that I listen to actually because I listen to different kinds of rap, but the popular stuff is very, um, you know, materialistic, very shallow, very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It glorifies you know drugs and, and sex and money and all this other stuff. I'm talking about, but it, but it doesn't go into the, the unreal, the, the how you get money, like how, how hard it is, and uh, stuff like this, and some rap is actually going against this and actually really starting to... There's like a counterculture of rap now, which is more about, like, telling the truth about these things and and about money and about, you know, the culture that we live in and stuff like this, which is really cool. Um, And so... We have changed things and things have started to change more towards a... uh, A different set of, of, of beliefs and understandings. Like it's more, you know, there's more common sense within it. So there's that to point out. Um, so the there are some interesting problems with the the monoculture. By the way, if you look up the word monoculture, you'll actually find something, some stuff about farming and stuff. It's not really what I'm talking about. <laughs> I looked it up the other day because I was like, what, I wonder if that's actually a thing that exists. And it, it turns out it does, but it's actually something that has to do with farming and plants. Like, monoculture is where you farm only a certain, like, you, you you only farm, like, one plant. Uh, you only plant one plant versus polyculture, whereas, you know, you plant multiple plants. Uh And I didn't really too deeply into it, but I thought it was interesting. But what I mean, basically, is, like, we have a culture that's pretty, you know, much like the only culture. In most neighborhoods, you get, like, and I, mean, I don't want to say mostly because, because that's not necessarily true. Either, but you get one culture and you get tribal if you get more than. One culture, you it's a stage blue slash red uh, mindset where um, it's about you know you know you may be afraid afraid of the other people peoples because they're different or you know because they're honing in on your economy or whatever and so that's stage blue. She was saying it was stage purple, but it's actually blue because purple is more concerned with like family tribes versus blue, which is more, you know, we versus they, cult- culture, culture slash country tribalism, uh, which is a bit different and much more um, widespread than than stage purple tri- tribalism. Um... And the thing about any, any any of these things, any topic that I might talk about, pretty much any topic anywhere, is that you know one of the, one of the problems is that most people they look at a certain topic and they say, okay, so this this is either truthful or it's a lie. But the problem is, it's not, actually not more. It's actually not that com- It's not that simple, because every every pretty much most every most every lies lie that I've ever heard has a grain of truth within it. Um. You know there there are conspiracy theories that have grains of truth within them, but then they they call them grains of conspiracy theories, and then you know, then they'll show you this these grains of truth, and you're like, whoa, and then that's how you can you can you can get stuck in them, because they have these grains of truth. And so one example is, the 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 arguments about you know, not rice, white racism necessarily, but the ideas. that that are given to us by by this idea of racism, that, you know, systemic racism exists, and they give you these reasons. And there's kernels of truth within them. Not saying that there's anything to do with racism, but it has to do more with tribalism, as in stage blue tribalism, stage blue, like, uh, nationalism slash culturalism, and other problems as well. There's a lot of stage blue and, and red in, in our system like our system our legal system is pretty blue anyways because it's it's one of the problems that I have with our legal system and it's something I was explaining to them as well because you know I am friends with life is art reality and Eden's experience um, and I was talking to them about this as well but one of the problems that I really have with the system the legal system that we have is it treats the criminals as an other. Um, whereas, like, you know, what would, what what would be a good idea if you want criminals to really be rehabilitated is to, you know, once they get out of prison, you know, their, their crimes are no longer, you know, crimes. You never have to deal with parole or anything like this. Um, with, with some exceptions, like I can see some exceptions being there because there are criminals who may need some parole time and that's fine. But not, you know, you know, not something to be put on their permanent records, where they go, to to so that they can't actually get a job, and they can't actually do anything properly. And so, one of the problems that I have with our system is that, you know, if you if you do something, even if it's something stupid, you know, you know, maybe you sold some drugs, maybe you sold some marijuana, or maybe you had a had a had a lot of, a lot of marijuana on you. You would go to prison, you would get out, and that would be on your permanent record. You couldn't do anything about it. You couldn't get a job. You couldn't do any of these things. And if you really want people to be rehabilitated, and if you want people to not get stuck in the criminal system, the way to fix that is to not do this, and, and not put people on a permanent record. Um, now, there is a problem here where you can go to extreme with this, and, and you can literally... Just not arrest people for certain things, and yeah, you're starting to see some of this in certain areas. And I don't want to go too deeply into that because it's pretty political. But you know, there's like these laws where if you steal something that's under a certain amount of money, and it's a pretty big amount of money, you know, you can get you you won't get arrested or anything. And that's a system that they're they're creating because they're too lax, and that's too pro, that's too much of a problem, as well. And so, as a result of being treated, as a result of seeing you know people as others, it's, it's almost what you get when you become a cop. I don't know what this thing is, It's fucking wire, but because you you get you trained in the system of criminal and criminal justice you can almost start to see people as others because you, 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 you're a few, like, think of it this way, right? It, um, Think about if, if you, you there was only you and, like, f- like, say, how many, how many cops would there be in a city? Like, say it, you and, like, maybe 1,500 other people, right? In a city of, like, 1 million, for instance. I mean, that's really small, but you know what I mean. So 10,000 people, let's just say 1,500 people out of, like, a uh, hundred thousand people um and you have to interact with these people and you have to do what, what you have to do in everyday life um you 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 may find more resistance you may have other problems and there's a big problem with cop hating in this current era and I'm not saying the cops are the greatest in the universe but they're they're dealing with a certain problem of, of you know, tribalism themselves. They're, they have their own kind of culture, no doubt. They have their own being culture. And so when you are dealing with 100,000 people a day, you probably have thousands of interactions a day. And eventually you may start to build up a resistance, partly because of your training, partly because of other things. And so you start looking at people as others. And so as a result, you get more and more pushy and more and more, you know, stage, you know, red. And, you know, that's kind of what you, you could say stage red could be because, you know, stage red has to you know, fight to survive and all this other stuff. And so it sees people as others, as people just to be pushed around if, and and dealt with if necessary and, and whatnot. It's what the criminal culture is. And so they have to, and so cops have to deal with this. And so as a result, they, it almost can kind of rub... Off on them in some ways because of the situations they're dealing with. You know they're dealing with violence, they're dealing with crimes, they're dealing with people lying to them, and so that creates this uh, stage blue tribalism of we versus they. You know us cops versus these people. They they have no idea what we're dealing with and all this other stuff, and the cop hating doesn't help the situation either, and. I don't really know what the solution is, because we're dealing with a multivariant par- uh, culture problem. And, you know, a stage orange solution isn't really going to fix this problem. A stage green solution isn't going to really fix this problem. You have to You have to look at it from stage yellow in order to really deal with this problem properly. And it's you know, one of the problems of reality is that everybody's looking to fix the problems of reality through stage blue, stage orange, and the stage green understandings. Or stage red. Or stage purple. When really, you need stage yellow and turquoise to do it. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So, the... The situation with with this is, is very complex, and just you know, defunding police isn't really going to work. You know, one one suggestion that that's been given is you know, make social workers do certain calls and stuff like this, and in some ways it might work, and in some ways it might not, because the problem is that like even if you use this this logic to do this, there's a certain problem of, around this. Like if you are dealing with a certain kind of dispute. A domestic, a domestic dispute or whatever, you know, and a social worker comes in, and and you know tries to fix his problem, whatever it is. You know, maybe they're they're dealing with child problems or whatever. You know, if a person then uses you know has a gun and pulls it out in that situation, social worker so, social worker is not equipped to deal with that situation, and I don't think they should be allowed. They don't. I don't think it, they. It sh- no, I don't think they need to be equipped for that situation. It's something that's something that you you need you know certain people for, and so perhaps the situation is, you know, a bit of both, where you have a cop and a social worker in the same area. I don't know, but it is you know one of the problems that we we deal with, and you can't solve it from state green. You can't say, oh well, these pe- these cops need to, you know, focus more on you know he- helping rather than harming and, you know, they need to do all this and other, stuff, other things like this because, you know, you may have a criminal who's stage red and if a cop is stage green it's not really going to fix any problems you know, the, the criminal's going to get away with everything they want to get away with and you, you're starting to see some of this in certain areas where they're defunding police and you know, crime is going up in these areas and so you can't really do it from this stage green point of view and you can't really say from stage blue, okay. So let's uh, hire more cops. Let's actually go even more uh, strongly with this because let's this goes more even more it's tough on crime because it also causes other problems. So you have to fix it, folks. So you can focus on it from stage yellow. Um, and it is a bit complex because there's we're dealing with different problems and. You know, there's no clear solution. And there's, n- there's never going to be a clear solution. Even though when there seems to be a clear solution, it's only in the mind. It's only, and, but when you're trying to you know, make that in reality, you know, it doesn't seem to go. And so here we are as a result. So, who knows. But just some things to think about. You know, the reason why I like doing these is because I like to... You know, learn diverse ideas and understandings. The only way to really understand anything and to improve and to grow is by getting diverse understandings like diverse spirituality, diverse whatever it is and when you do this you you can start to get a like a bigger picture of the world and you go, "Oh wow, this is why this is happening, this is why this is happening." But what most people do <coughs> is they see a certain thing happening and then they label this as bad or as, you know, racism or whatever the case may be, rather than trying to understand it purely from their own experience. One of the things I've been working on doing is um, when when somebody says something or when somebody's, you know, talking to me or whatever, I try and, you know, see from their point of view, you know, what they're talking about. And what most people do, even if they do this, is they do this, but they do it, from themselves point of view in a sense like it, it, it's it's really interesting because I've I noticed myself doing this so it's maybe that's not always all people doing this but when people do this even when they you know they're trying to look from their point of view they're still doing it from their personal filters like about experience and about life and so that makes it not completely their point of view you have to see it from their filters and their their life story and, and that's a bit more complex. And, so, anyways. This is A Deeper Perspective, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.